here's the thing with overwhelm. So a lot of teachings out there, and I used to teach this myself, I used to try and do it myself, right, is when it comes to overwhelm, you want to, you know, figure out everything that you have to do, like think of to-do list overwhelm, right? Everything that you have to do, you want to chunk it down and get really clear on what all those steps are and then prioritize and take those steps one by one in a linear fashion, right? So how many of you have tried that and it doesn't work? You make the to-do list, you chunk it down, and that can actually feel really good in the moment, right? Clears your mind. And then it's time to take the step and that to-do list goes right out the window and you go back to whatever resistance or you know, whatever feeling you were feeling before. Does anyone have that experience? Sometimes I get so overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I have to do. I can't do any of it. Yes, it is chronic. I don't know what to do first thing in the morning. Too many choices. It's really been bothering me. Yes, try, but don't follow through. End up in overwhelm. The to-do list just becomes another thing to do. Exactly, Debs. And I did this for years. I suffered with chronic overwhelm from when I was in fashion. I remember my one boss, I was really close to her, and she would always um, help me break things down because I would get you know, in, so overwhelmed by the amount of work that we had to get through. And she was so good at kind of getting me clear and back on track. But when I went to do that for myself, because I had to get things done for other people, when I went to do that for myself in my own business, I was great at prioritizing. I am freaking the master at breaking things down. That's If you have taken any of my products or programs, that's what I did. That's what I did with spirituality. I break things down in an easier to understand way, right? So no problem there. But then when I would go to follow through, it was like, I couldn't do it. There was such thick resistance or the overwhelm would come back and I would write the same to-do list over and over and over and over again. And it was absolutely painful. And what I learned is that overwhelm is actually a symptom of a much deeper painful emotion. And really guys, when it comes to emotion, that's what's going on. We try to escape these emotions. We want to get away from them. Overwhelm feels like crap, right? So we keep making that to-do list over and over again because it feels good to clear our mind and be like, okay, now this is what I'm going to do. But then we fall right back into it because we're not addressing what's really going on. And all of our emotions, I'm going to talk about this a lot more in my free class that I'm doing. You can sign up at easymoney.com, E-A-S-E hyphen Y money.com. It's coming soon. You can sign up there. But every emotion, mo emotions kind of have a hierarchy. And not in the sense that one is better than the other. One will feel better than the other. But none of them, I, don't, I never like to think of them as negative and positive. Because all emotions are for us, they are for us. They are feedback. They are our system for living in this three-dimensional earthly realm. They are, everything we want is because we want to feel something. Everything we don't want is because we fear feeling something. So when we feel a feeling like overwhelmed, the first thing we want to do is get away from it, right? The trick with this, though, is to go in. It's to use your emotions. Your emotions, they're little messengers. 
They're here to tell you something. They're here to show you something about yourself. They're here. All of these emotions are pointing the way back to alignment. When you are in alignment, your highest state of being, your most empowered state of being, you feel phenomenal. You don't have the fear. You don't have the resistance, right? And that is your natural state. All of these emotions are coming from the beliefs that you've made, the conditioning you've created on yourself right, that pull you down out of alignment. So all they're doing is saying, hey, there's something here that if you deal with me, you're going to head back up into alignment, okay? So back to the hierarchy, what I mean by that is, is not, you know, better than. It is um, underneath overwhelm, which is very uncomfortable emotion, can be very paralyzing when it's chronic overwhelm. And just, you know, you start to, you go all out, as I like to say, okay? So you're all out. You're all, you're, you stopped playing the game. You know, your wheels are spinning. You're suffering. You're curled up in a ball crying. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. It's awful. You feel like your life is flying by, you know, and you're not on that train. You're not participating in life. And it feels like you've taken yourself out of the game and you just can't get back in it in a way that feels easy, clear, and focused. Underneath that is fear. There is fear. So when you are feeling overwhelmed, right, it feels like too much. So it could be a to-do list. I use that because I know as business owners, so many of us struggle with that. And so many of us have um, our overachievers or former overachievers trying to overcome overachieving and perfectionism and all of that kind of crap. And it's all tied together, right? So when it feels like too much of a to-do list or even an emotion itself could feel like too much, we feel we cannot handle it. It's a feeling of, I can't handle this. Okay. So me saying this, can you guys relate to that? Can you relate to that feeling? If you look if you tune into your overwhelm or something that's overwhelmed you in the past, can you get to that realization of, yeah, I'm telling myself I can't handle it. Or I don't believe I can handle all of this. And it makes me just want to run and hide. Can everyone relate to that? Sometimes, but most of the time having a good plan following. Okay. I'll get to you in a second, Vanessa. Yes. Awesome, Tina. Yep. So that I can't handle it feeling is from something even deeper. And that feeling is the fear of being wrong. So if you think about, let's talk about to-do list overwhelm again, right? So if you think about, um, you know, having to get all of this stuff done and, and some of it, what I've learned is most of that stuff on the to-do list is actually things that there are actually things I think I should be doing or that I have to be doing, but it's not actually true, right? So all of the things that I want to do get pushed away. And then I'm trying to figure out which one is the best one because I'm, they're all little decisions, right? They're all choices. And we have a fear of being wrong, a fear of picking the wrong choice. And if you go even deeper, you will find that that fear of being wrong is rooted in shame and powerlessness. And these emotions run so deep, they are so painful for us that we will do insane things to get away from them. And I, this is what I'm going to show you in my free class. So again, if you want to go deeper into how these emotions work and the hierarchy and all of that stuff, 
definitely sign up for the free class. But for right now, that shame that comes from the fear of being, being wrong is a fear of not enough. I am not enough. I'm going to get it wrong. And if we get it wrong, the deepest human fear, your deepest fear is disconnection. So when we are feeling shame, we are experiencing an emotion that our brain thinks it means we're going to be emotionally disconnected. That means ostracized. That means kicked out of the tribe. That means no one's going to love you. That means you don't belong, right? When we feel that way, we then also feel very unsafe to make those decisions, to be ourselves, which creates a sense of powerlessness. And powerlessness is one of the scariest feelings in the world. And most of us are operating from there. Most of us are operating from shame and powerlessness and we don't even realize it. And these emotions like overwhelm are little clues pointing like you got to deal with this. It's time to deal with this. I'm going to talk about that a little more when we get to triggers in a second, right? But underneath the powerlessness is also a fear of disconnection, okay? But this is physical disconnection. So when we feel powerless, we feel exposed, we feel vulnerable, like our life can be taken from us. We could get in trouble, we could get hurt. It's, a, a, it's just as intense as shame, feeling like we're going to be emotionally disconnected. Sometimes I actually think the shame can be worse, but they're both very intense and at the root, at the core, is we are afraid of disconnection, okay? Is this making sense before I move on? Awesome. So when you are, perfect, good, 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 good. When you are in, awesome, Debs, perfect sense. When you are in a state of alignment, okay? This, again, is your natural state, even though most of us do not realize that. We even have trouble believing that because it feels so fucking good to be there. So if we feel like we have to work our way up to alignment the same way we work our way through life. But really what's happening is you have to let go of these emotions or of the beliefs that are creating the emotions that, that pulled you out of alignment, okay? So even though we have, yes, awesome. Oh, hey, Laura. Yes. Even though we have emotions um, or we have experiences of alignment, I'm sure you've all experienced that when you feel in flow or you're following your joy and you feel excited about things and you're just like manifesting and things are going well, you're at the right place at the right time, that's alignment. It feels like ease. That is the truth of who you are, right? And then as soon as you get into your head or as soon as those thoughts pop in, those thoughts that you try so hard to control, they're coming from deeper beliefs. That's why they feel hard to control. Some of them you feel like you can get a hold of or force yourself to think a thought that you want to think, but a lot of them are coming up from those deeper beliefs that are driving those emotions, which is creating this perception from yourself, a perception of the world for yourself, which makes you fall back out of alignment. Alignment isn't something that you should have to struggle to get in. Again, it is our natural state. And through letting go of this crap that is underneath it, you find yourself rising to be there more and more. Okay, so I'm going to go into the, if anyone has any questions about that, about overwhelm, chronic overwhelm, pop them in the chat. Um, and I want to let this lead to 
the next painful experience. So with overwhelm, right, we talked about how there's something deeper, right? Fear of being wrong, fear of being disconnected is really at the root of everything, okay? We also feel primarily with the fear of overwhelm or with overwhelm that we can't handle it, okay? I can't handle it is the message we're giving ourselves. So now I want to move in to frustration and a sense of urgency. Frustration is a sense of, and a sense of urgency, okay? So when you feel frustrated, and I feel like these kind of go hand in hand. They're a little bit separate, but they kind of go hand in hand. Do you, are you guys also experiencing frustration and or a sense of urgency in your business? Yes, often about everything. Yes, I am currently feeling frustrated about whether or not I should go to college. Yep, yes, because I can't pay my bills. Frustration when it comes to content creation. Yep, and now I want you guys to think about what you do when you get frustrated or what you do, what's your behavior look like when you go, when you start feeling that sense of urgency. Overwhelm is frustrating, yep. We're freaking sure. The frustration is spread evenly over all areas of my life. Yep, that's often the case. Negative self-talk, I try to force, force through it, and it usually ends up worse. Vanessa, you nailed it. Yep, ignore the good things around me, Laura. Yep, defeated, get angry at myself, and just try to ignore it. That is try to be better. Now, Laura said something here, try to be better. The key word in that sentence is try. So to get to a state of ease and alignment in life, you don't try. You don't have to try. It took me five years to figure out that I didn't have anything to figure out, that I didn't have to try. And when I would feel this frustration and this sense of urgency come up, it was always from me forcing from me trying. So as with overwhelm, when I was talking about, you know, we would go all out, lying in a ball, curled up, spinning our wheels, feeling like nothing we do works. Then we go all in when we're signaled, you know, I got to make it happen. I got to pay my bills or I have to be here by this time or whatever. We, we try to take control of the external world, right? And that feels like Force. It feels like trying. It feels like effort, which is the opposite of ease. And the further you drop down in those emotions, the more effortful your life feels. The more aligned you are, the easier your life feels. Okay, so what's going on with frustration first? I want to talk about is frustration is happening when. Um, so when we are trying to make something be different than what it is, right? And that also leads into the sense of urgency. So we want to be there. We feel like we need to be somewhere different than where we are, or we feel like things need to happen on a different timeline than they're actually unfolding or they're actually happening, or they might not even be the right things that need to happen, but we're focused 
on what we think should be, right? This is all about us being attached to something, us being attached to a timeline, us being attached to, you know, how, who, what, where, when, why, us being attached to making something happen because we don't feel good where we are, okay? So again, we're trying to get away from what's going on in the present moment. And that feeling in the present moment is actually where you need to go. That's the only thing you need to do is to tune into that feeling that has the guidance that you need right then and there in that moment. But again, it feels frightening to let go, doesn't it? It feels frightening to not try to make it happen. It feels frightening to not push or force yourself, right? Because who's going to take care of the bills? How's that going to work out? right? We can't let go because if we can't pay the bills, if we can't make it here on time, if we're not who we say, who we're trying to prove we are, right? That goes back to those deeper fears of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And we start feeling the shame and the powerlessness. We're still trying to get away from that. And again, the shame and the powerlessness are really just emotions that make us feel we're going to be disconnected. You can never be disconnected. You can never be disconnected, but they're showing you you're disconnected from your soul. Your personality, who you've created yourself as, is disconnected from your soul. And that feels excruciating to us, and that's what those emotions are telling us to do. So with overwhelm, we feel, I can't handle it. With sense of urgency and frustration, we think we have to handle it, right? We think it's our job to handle all of it. We can't let go and let the universe step in or let a miracle present itself or help, you know? We have Team Other Side, which I'm sure you're familiar with if you've ever heard me teach, Team Other Side, your guides on the other side, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, a higher power. We can't let go and let that take over, right? We feel we need to do it all. And how does that feel? That does not feel good. It feels like extreme pressure. It makes us feel alone. Okay. Now with frustration, it's kind of like, it goes back to that Einstein quote where it's like trying to do the same thing and expecting different results. That's really what's going on here, right? We try to control, we try to work hard, we try to exert effort over and over and we keep expecting our lives to get better and it's like a dangling carrot that we just keep chasing and try to get and try to get and try to get and we never feel at peace inside and that peace can only come from the inside. You can only experience that happiness, that contentment, that peace from the inside. Nothing outside of you is ever going to give you that. No amount of money, no amount of success, no amount of accolades, no amount of admiration, no amount of love from your perfect partner, from your kids, from your family, from your fucking dog. No one can give you that except for you. Now, I had a question that went back to uh, moving through, or what was the question? I'm going to go into that in a second. What would you suggest we do when we feel that paralyzing overwhelm? So just like what I was talking about with the sense of urgency and the frustration, you want to get away from it. You want to stop it, right? But that 
the guidance is in the moment and the guidance is your emotion. And it is scary to feel those emotions. So this is true for the overwhelm. This is true for um, sense of urgency and frustration and really any emotion. There are so many ways we try to escape our emotions. That's what most of us spend our lives doing, right? We're afraid to feel our behavior. We act in a way <clears throat> because we're afraid to feel shame and powerlessness and disconnection. Yet because of the way that we behave and treat ourselves, we are constantly feeling shame, powerlessness, and disconnection from those older beliefs that we have. So it's this vicious cycle that keeps going. And how to start to heal it, per se, is to first become aware of the emotion. So when emotions are coming up, it's emotional awareness, right? Which is self-awareness. So self-awareness is not just about knowing, having knowledge of yourself or analyzing. That is part of it that has, you know, a place, but real, true, hardcore self-awareness is you owning how you're feeling because how you're feeling tells you what you really think about yourself, tells you what you really think about yourself, which is projected on to how you treat others, what, how you perceive others, how you perceive the world that you live in, okay? It's not always an easy thing to do. I'm not making light of it whatsoever. It, it, it's one of the hardest. Ease is one of the hardest things to do, but it is worth it. it. It is worth it. The alternative is suffering, right? So when we feel pain, when we go into our emotion, right? I love the Rumi quote, the, the cure for the pain is the pain, because it's about acknowledging that pain. The way that we operate when we are all out or all in is us not acknowledging that pain. So we suffer. We're in resistance. Resistance never feels good. It is suffering. To allow the pain, know that you can handle the pain, that is how you start to move through the pain or really allow the pain to move through you, right? And you use it. So when we feel emotional, like sometimes some people are very intellectual. I used to be very, I would intellectualize my emotions. And I didn't have a lot of emotion. And I was like that for a long time. And I had a guard up around me. And it was like nothing could penetrate that. Or if it did, I wouldn't let anyone know that it penetrated. And I was very stoic in that way. But what happens when we do that, again, that's like we're all in. We're controlling our emotions, right? We're making it happen. Eventually, you're going to go all out, right? So then that's what happened. I burned out. I burned out physically in the physical world with my work, but I was burnt out emotionally. It takes mass quantities of energy to control your emotions in that way. Really, it's not controlling your emotions. What I'm, what I'm about to teach you is controlling your emotions. Really, it is suppressing your emotions or repressing your emotions. Debbie Ford, um, who was a great teacher, She's no longer with us, but she once talked about, she, she used to teach a lot of shadow work and all of that good stuff. And she would talk about it as trying to hold a beach ball underwater, right? Eventually that beach ball is going to come up and hit you in the face. And that's what happened to me. I went all out. And then when, when someone is in burnout and someone has all of this stuff coming up out of them, it's like they can't control it anymore. Everything would trigger me. Everything would set me off. I was angry all the time. I was not at peace. And all of this stuff was coming up that I had suppressed 
for so long. I would cry uncontrollably for what seemed like no reason, right? Or I would be angry for what seemed like no reason. But remember, the hierarchy of emotions, what's going on underneath, were those deeper things. And all of this energy was trying to move through me and come up to the surface to show me my way back to me. So the reason that I wanted to make that clear is because sometimes we can seem really not emotional. Sometimes we eventually, if we're doing that long enough, it can feel like we crack or it might look appear to the outside like, oh my God, this person's cracking, right? And now we're super emotional, extremely sensitive, right? Neither one of those is emotional awareness. Emotional awareness is where you have the real control. And that awareness can only come from you allowing the emotion. So it might feel like you're allowing emotion when you're all, you know, emotional and, and crying or freaking out or, you know, being angry at someone and, and screaming your point of view because you feel like one of your boundaries have been crossed. That's actually not serving you. What serves you is to go in and to be with the emotion, expressing the emotion. There is, I'm all about expression, right? But it, it's vocally expressing the emotion, verbally expressing the emotion is not actually expressing an emotion fully. You can still be suppressing while you're just venting, right? How many of you have a friend or maybe it's you that is always venting about the same thing, the same thing over and over again. And and it's like, you can't, you know, you don't want to answer this friend's call because you know it's going to be the same stuff over and over again. And it's like, she keeps being triggered, but she keeps, she's not really going into what that means for her. So that is reacting, right? That is a reaction. So for example, for the overwhelm, when you get paralyzed by overwhelm and you shut down, that is a reaction. The control is in your response. To respond to an emotion, to respond to that overwhelm, you become friends with it, right? You say, oh, hey, overwhelm, I know you, right? You, get, you pay attention to the sensations in your body. It can be very uncomfortable, especially as you get deeper, like writhing around uncomfortable, okay? Don't be afraid of it. An emotion is just a chemical cocktail running through your body that was created based on a belief or a meaning that you've made usually deep in your past, okay? So all you're gonna do with that emotion to respond to it is allow it to be with you, right? Get a sense of it, feel it, understand that this is just a sensation in your body guiding you back to who you really are, back to oneness, back to alignment. It makes you feel separate and alone right now, but it's saying, hey, you have something going on here. And a couple of things you can do are you know, this can look different for everyone, but I talk to my emotions. So I'm like, okay, you know, what do I have to learn from this? What do I have to learn from this? I just go with my intuition. What do I have to learn from this? You know, what am I believing to make me feel this way? You can start to get clear that way. But usually what, what do you have to show me? Why are you a good thing? Turn it into a positive. Okay. So that's what I mean when I say make friends with it. As you do that, if you can be grateful, I went through a shit ton of shit, emotional shit, and a shit ton of emotional shit, and I'm grateful for all of it. 
and even now as because the more you you do this the more you stay in alignment or the easier it is to get back into alignment okay make sense um so as you become friends with your emotions you're allowing you're in a state of allowing and as you allow, God, doesn't it just feel so good to allow? Don't you just want to be like, yes, allow. And emotions can actually run through you very, very, very quickly. Very quickly. It's the beliefs that keep them going, right? The meanings that we're making that keep them going. So the more that you do this, the more that you'll start to see things that you want to heal, that you need to heal, right? the more that you move up or have an easier time staying in alignment, the less you drop down and you have tools to use when you do drop down or a tool to use when you do drop down. It's befriending your emotions, your emotions. I realized that the work I do is about mindset and I called myself a mindset coach and the law of attraction is often taught from the mind, but the magic happens with your emotions. They are your GPS. They are the fastest way to create change. Yes, it hurts sometimes, often, right? It hurts, but it's not real. You're not really being disconnected. You can't be disconnected. Even if you die, you can't be disconnected. We're not going there. But emotionally, you, you aren't really disconnected. You are disconnected from your soul, and that's trying to show you that. Okay. Um, I hundred percent believe in this. They don't run through me quickly though. It's constant work at this time, months and months. It can actually be years sometimes, Susan. And I'm not saying that to scare people because the trick is to like, I've found a lot of shortcuts to, to letting this go. Um, but it, it took me a while to find those shortcuts. So just keep at it. I'm cool with that though. Yeah. Well, I've been self-sabotaging my business. You're not scaring me, but thanks. I know. Yeah. Um, the, the, the faster you are willing to feel things and the faster you are willing to feel things, the faster it goes away, okay? I'm a very willing participant in this, but I didn't know, what I'm teaching you now, I didn't know this. So I had to kind of like figure it out, you know? As, so it took longer. And <clears throat> what you have to do is really prioritize, which I'll talk more about in my free class at easymoney.com, which is coming soon, it, it, about prioritizing certain things so you are in alignment as you move through that process things come up naturally for you to, for you to deal with. Okay. I'm going to just go back through cause I, it looks like I missed a lot of stuff. Wait. Questions. Okay. Got that. Yes. I'm currently feeling frustrated about whatever. Yeah. 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 Such great permission to let go. Yes. Even though you don't need it, but <laughs> But if you do, there it is. Um, Adam, I'm just reading your thing about, about college. We can get to that at the end if you want. 
my God, this sounds so familiar. Just yesterday, I was telling my husband, I wish I felt the way I did six years ago. I was the happiest I've ever been. I'm actually the opposite. I don't vent. I bottle. Yep. That was me. Those who bottle tend to attract venters. At least that's been my experience. A spiritual teacher told me, be with it. That was the only teaching. Took me some time to experience what was being taught. Wow, Susan. Yeah. 100% believe in this. Okay. I'm determined to do this work. I read about it from all the masters. Yeah. Because what's the alternative? Like, we, it, it hurts, but it's different than suffering. To me, you know, having chronic overwhelm and be, not being able to do the things that I came here to do and express myself in the way that I want to express myself or, you know, share my gifts with the world, which is my state of ease. Sorry, I'm making that shaky. That, to me, not being able to do that is way worse than dealing with owning my shit and, and dealing with what wants to come up, facing and feeling myself, essentially, right? Um, definitely attract venters. My husband told me we should just get a couch in our house and charge people to sit in. Yep. I've started to notice I reject myself for having anger, sadness, pain but I'm learning to face those feelings and feel them and express them. That gets into a whole other topic. Laura, like there are reasons why we're afraid to feel our feelings. And I'm going to talk more about that in the class when I, when I go into that a little bit deeper. Um, you explain how to be in it so effectively. Oh, thank you, Tina. Figuring it out for me took so long. You simplify it, make it real. Thank you so much. I'm glad. It took me long too. <laughs> I love the idea of talking to my emotions and ask them what it is. I need to learn from this. I, if you watch me from outside, like if you were just watching me in my environment, I talk to myself constantly. I'm, I'm talking to emotions. I'm talking to team other side. I'm talking to my intuition, my higher self. I highly recommend it as a habit that everyone gets into because you get, you get answers. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to figure it all out, but it's scary to let go. And that's, that's the, the pickle. Okay. So now let's move on to my favorite, the thing that feels the best triggers. How many of you know what a trigger is? Oh, Tina, thank you. I'm so glad you are my student and my friend. Uh, oh, they're coming in fast. Okay. I love your cup. Thanks. It actually says something. I ever, I never actually read it. No, not yet. Closer, almost there. Ready? Oh, I just, I just realized what it said. As you're drinking coffee, this is tea, though. Love working with triggers. Yes, where are the triggers? LOL. Trigger causing reaction. Yep. Don't they feel good? Mm. So now, with what what we just talked about, you have. Overwhelm, which is a classic surface-level emotion for feeling that you can't handle it and you go all out. You have the frustration and the urgency, which is a classic surface-level symptom, I should say. These are really symptoms of feeling, you know, you have to handle it, that you can't let go and you can't let team other side take over, right? Now, triggers, again, they are pointing to emotions that have not been processed. 
They're really, your triggers are such gold. I can't even tell you. Triggers feel awful. They make you, you know, they can make you go all in or all out. They can make you go into force and want to prove yourself. They can make you deflated and defeated and you're knocked out for weeks and don't get anything done. They are, they are little pests, <laughs> but they're your soulmates at the same time. They are such gold because your triggers show you exactly, exactly where you need love. That's really all they are. They are showing you where you have judgment about yourself, your conditions, what makes you acceptable to the world, what makes you safe in the world. They show you your potential. They show you every part of yourself that you're not owning, right? Every part of yourself that is out of integrity. Integrity is integration. Integrity is being whole, coming from the whole, feeling at peace with yourself, feeling one with yourself, allowing yourself to express who you are, what you came here to do, share your gifts, allowing yourself to just be and follow your joy and follow your excitement without feeling like you have to hold everything up yourself, like you're not safe, like, you know, something's gonna, you're either gonna experience emotional disconnection or physical disconnection. It's integration. And that is, you are born in that state of wholeness. So it's showing you exactly where you need love. Okay, does that make sense? My fave quote for triggers is that they point to where I'm not yet loved or in my fullness. Yes, exactly. Wherever you're not, yes, good. Good, good, good. They show you exactly where, where you're not shining your light, really. It's, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. They're not all bad either. So as you, there are lots of, I have tools in my program that I use to help, you know, move through all of this or whatever. But basically, again, it comes back to you allowing right? These are parts of you that you're in resistance to. So when you see someone else being what you don't think you are, it zaps you. It creates that, that trigger feeling, right? But again, it's, the trigger is a zap saying there's deeper emotion that you haven't dealt with. There are deeper issues that you haven't dealt with, right? When you see someone shining their light, right? What's your natural instinct, right? It might be like, oh, I can't look at them or whatever. You know, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Maybe it's the same person. Maybe it's several people. Maybe it's a whole group of people. And you're just like, I can't even be around them anymore because they're doing, you're perceiving them as shining their light and living their potential and you're not. And that becomes very painful. And the more that we step into this transition, right? Because it really is a transition. It's a transition from us, you know, people use the terms being awake or not awake or whatever. But really, it's just about being, you know, not being aware and conscious of who you really are and living in fear because you're not conscious of it to being conscious of it and allowing yourself. It's a, it's a transition from resistance to yourself 
to allowing yourself. And as you move into it, it can feel worse before it gets better, right? Because there's a lot of that back and forth. Like I, like I said, it's like you, you're in alignment or I want this, I know what I want, and then boom, you know, triggered, something's coming up. And the more you walk that path, the more that stuff comes up, right? It starts your commitment. It starts from your commitment to walk that path. And as you do, that stuff starts to come up for you. And it can be a lot of people won't do it. Most people don't do it. Most people will, they might start to do it and they go right back to their old ways and they are just happy to stay there, right? Or they never become aware of it and they will just live their life out, you know, trying to overachieve, trying to prove their worth to people, trying to control the outside to stay safe. And these painful emotions are the fastest route to being everything that you want to be and that you came here. I wish we could do a live call. <laughs> oh, Vanessa, thank you. Thank you. It's funny that you say that. I'm going to tell you something in one second. I just want to read Laura's things. Thank you so much. This is the first year I recognize my trigger, then what you do to get through it, feel your emotion, I assume, but mainly how do you know what to do to love yourself more? So I'm going to save that that question, Susan, is a is a big answer. And that's really what my free class is all about. So I think you're signed up. I think you've been to it before, but it's actually a little bit new. I added some stuff to it. So I want you to come to my my class, Susan, because we're gonna go into that. A lot more there. And Susan, we're also going to be talking about this in Easy Peasy LOA too on a different, a different level, but next week with the Abundance Challenge and all of that. And Vanessa, it's funny that you say that because I, well, I started doing these cues for Sue's and I actually love doing it. It makes, it makes creating content really easy and it lets me just get in the flow. And this is what I'm talking about, guys. Like this, I show up here and this is, I lose all sense of space and time. I'm just in it with you. I'm just saying, like, I had an idea of the stuff that I want to talk about because I was inspired during coffee time. And, <laughs> and then I just get on here and I can talk to you and teach you. And you ask me questions. I love the interaction. And this is just like my zone. This is where I am so full of joy and flow. And this is what I want for all of you. I want it for everyone. This is where we are designed to live. We all have this space. And it's a much smaller space than we think it needs to be, which is a good thing. Teach and do, teaching and speaking are my favorite things to do. I don't have to do all of the other things and nail all of the other things and be good at all of the other things in order to just be who I came here to be. And when you let yourself let that shit go, your life gets so much easier and so much more fun. And it, it's a snowball effect. So yes, you go through the darkness. You go through dealing with that shit. But on the other side is the light and not just light like, energy light, like lightness, like you feel light, you feel energized, you feel like you're having fun because when you are out of integrity, right, out of that fullness, out of alignment, that is draining. It is super draining. And to live in a state, I definitely was an extreme person with my overachieving type A, which I don't believe in anymore. I considered myself a type A person. Um, 
and I don't believe that that's a real thing anymore, but I would, <clears throat> was definitely extreme in my all in, all out, which I'm going to talk about more in the class as well. And you can't physically live that way. Like I was literally killing myself, right? Emotionally and physically. And you can only do that for so long. You can only try to make it happen for so long. I had the money, I had the success I wanted, and it was just getting worse. And it was really about me allowing myself to do these easy things, to let it be easy. <clears throat> Make sense? This is exactly what I needed, so thank you, co-creation at its best. Oh, Tina, thank you. Um, my intuition brought me to today's class, and there is such synchronicity with what I needed. I love that, Tina. And, that, and that's another example. Like, she listened to her intuition. She felt the pull. So someone could be like, actually, you know what? I should be doing this work right now. But for whatever reason, I feel this pull to go to this class, right? Or watch this YouTube video. Those pulls are your easy path, your easy path. And that gets me into something else. So um, – that gets me into something else that I want to talk about. So someone wrote in a couple questions, and her one question, um, so I'm going to keep these anonymous. So she says, it's a little bit long, so I'm going to read it. Bear with me. Um, she wrote it very clearly, though. So going through Easy Peasy LOA this time around has gotten me back into flow, <clears throat> and the U is giving me some serious, serious truth bombs via intuition, tapping into triggers and awareness. And when I feel ease or resistance, the stuff you teach is amazing. Thank you. Uh, numero uno, my business, uh, she realized my business partner and I aren't alive. Okay, so there's no alignment there. We have different values, different viewpoints. We have had a great journey. We have become great friends. But I feel such resistance to maintaining a business together right now. It feels hard. And with all the recent release of the struggle in my life, while doing Easy Peasy LOA, the struggle is so much more noticeable now since she's more aware. We are much better as friends than business partners, and the cohesiveness around our decisions and direction just isn't there. I've raised the option of selling with her, and she has a lot of sadness around the idea of not working together. I feel that she is holding on to the business for the relationship, even though I have given assurance that the relationship will still be there rather than for the sake of it being a good business decision. I feel like I'm slowly going to the top of a roller coaster knowing there is about to be some almighty dips, twists, and turns, but faith that the you is supporting me. I've been here before in flow with an awareness and it's time to let go of resistance. I know how quickly these things can change. So at a point of significant change like this, what advice would you give to stay centered so as to help make decisions that lead to greater ease for all involved, even if things get emotional. Ideally, I would like this decision that leads, I would like this to be a decision that leads to financial abundance, our customers being well cared for, and an ongoing friendship. It is very important to me that our customers are well looked after. Okay, now I'm going to put Anonymous in, in the hot seat right now. Can anyone tell what's going on here as she starts to say, at a point of significant change like this, I would love to know what you would, advice you would give to stay centered so as to help make decisions that lead to greater ease for all involved, even if things get emotional. Ideally, I would like this decision 
that leads to financial, to be a decision that leads to financial abundance, our customers being well cared for, and an ongoing friendship. It's important to me that our customers being well looked after. Um, easy pass. <laughs> type in the chat, you don't have to do this, but type in the chat if you know what I'm about to say, because there's something that is glaringly obvious to me in this, um, in what she's trying to get out of this. Does anyone know what I'm about to say, students? You're being quizzed, you're being tested. I'm gonna start saying it, but type in the chat if you think, if you, think you know. So, anonymous, what is, what is sticking out to me is that you know what you want, you know, you've actually have the decision made in your mind. You know the best decision for you. You know the decision that is in alignment and in integrity with you. But what's holding you back is fearing what will happen on the outside, right? And what that is, is showing me and you, and you, once I say that, what that's saying is that you are trying to control the external. Okay, so we, this is for everyone. We can only control the internal. We can, control our, we can control our behaviors in the external world, but they actually come from our, my, our perception, our state of being, our mind and our emotions, right? So our control that we seek is via the inside. When we, like, when we try to control what's going on with another person, we're actually doing them a disservice, okay? So no one wants to, and I, I am so guilty of this. I did this for most of my life. I wanted to help people, especially those close to me. I could be very annoying and self-righteous, <laughs> and I would, I would think that I knew best for them, right? But after hearing today how I talk about emotions and how important it is for us to pay attention to the, the emotions, I was going to say negative, that don't feel good, right? because they're telling us our path back to alignment, we are robbing them the, uh, the experience of finding that when we try to step in. Does this make sense, what I'm talking about? Afraid to trust and express her inner knowing and afraid she'll be punished somehow. She knows what she needs to do. Yes, Laura. Nailed it. Yes. So are you guys understanding what I mean by stepping in and, and, and trying? This is totally natural anonymous <laughs> it's totally normal it's totally natural we we want we don't want to hurt people but it's one of the main reasons we don't let ourselves be in integrity because we're afraid of what other people might feel if we do that but it's their job to deal with their own feelings and put themselves back in integrity and if this is going to make her sad if this is going to hurt her it's her job, and she may or may not do it, it's her job to go within and figure out what is right for her. And those emotions will start to show her that if she's open to it. We can't make them be open to it, right? But we can only be responsible for ourselves. We can only make our own meaning. We can only create our own belief system. We can only process our own emotions, and we can only use our own emotions as their guidance for us. They are custom state-of-the-art, high-tech, the highest-tech guidance for yourself. It does not get any more custom. So even if you're both feeling the same emotion, 
what it's showing you or how you get back to how you use it to get back there can be very drastically different. So by trying to control the outside, you can look at it as I started looking at it as I was actually robbing these people I cared so much about, robbing them of their experience and doing myself a disservice because now I'm out of integrity if I'm holding back because I'm not really doing what I want, right? And learning over and over and trusting that me being in integrity is the best thing for everyone. You guys could part ways and she might be really sad about it. She could even be devastated about it. But, you know, a month, six months down the road, she might be in a whole new career or a whole new business or meet a different person that steers her in a different direction of where she should be to be in alignment with herself. Not should like she's doing something wrong, but where, what feels better for her too. So again, it just goes back to staying true with you. I know it true to who you are. I know it can be hard and letting, as I like to say, the divine chips fall where they may. Okay. And this now goes, is the same as true for your business or the business, right? You, you want the customers to be cared for. You want it to be financially good for everyone. But again, that's, that's trying to control. There's nothing wrong with having the best intentions. There's nothing wrong. I'm not telling you to not have those intentions that you would love to attract a buyer if that's how you're doing it, if you're selling it, you know, that will go on to take care of your customers and, and have it be a financial win for everyone. Nothing wrong with that. Definitely have that intention, but be or detached. You're in easy peasy all the way. So step six, you got to let it go too, right? We, it, it's the attachment that makes us, you know, that control that starts to make us actually feel out of control. That's coming from a place of powerlessness and, and being out of control. So it's the same thing. You don't, they, it could be that the customers are well taken care of, but the new people might not take care of them the same way that you think they should be taken care of. And it's about letting go and know that everything's happening just as it should. Again, let the divine chips fall where they may. There's stuff going on there that you don't know about, right? The universe is smarter than us. Doesn't We don't know everything and how things are orchestrated. But what's most important is that you are true to you and you sound crystal clear that you know what you need to do for you. Okay. Um, biggest lesson is with your children to let go. Oh, hell yeah. I don't have kids, but I was a kid and I know my mom. <laughs> and I, hell, I work with a lot of women with kids. Definitely. Um, okay. <clears throat> she has one more question. And this kind of goes along with what I was talking about, uh, being on our path of alignment, following our highest excitement. So I wanted to answer this. So. She says, you often say, if you can see the path, it's not your path. Or if you can see the path, it's not yours. I do say that a lot <clears throat> because I found that it's true. So when it comes to business, how does this apply? I get, I get confused between having faith in the used path and implementing business strategy to get good business results. Sometimes when implementing longer-term strategy, you map out the path with logical steps <clears throat> to get you to a place of where you want to be. Can you help me clear up the confusion here? Yes. And I'm going to do it in a slightly long-winded way, but I want, to, I want to share with you guys my story of how I realized that if you can see the path, it's not yours. Okay? So, of course, I had to learn the hard way, as most of us do. <laughs> and uh, 
when I was 19, you may or may not have heard this story before if you're on the call, but hang on one second, my throat is back. So, when I was 19, I gave up on my dream, right? So I am someone that, that helps people go for their dreams, that is making a dream happen, and that's what I'm all about. And it's because when I was 19, I gave up on one. My whole life, I wanted to be a star. When I was very young, all I did was there were – I had a, several different ways that I played – only a couple of different ways that I really love to play where I was in my zone. And one was when I was just on a stage or on my pretend stage, right? Having concerts, singing, dancing, performing in some way, you know, directing, taking control of the environment. I also loved fashion and I loved, you know, wearing different outfits for my performances, right? And expressing myself through fashion just in my everyday life. Very, very young. There were tons of clothing wars. And because I wanted to be cool, like I knew it was cool. I remember being like four years old in nursery school and I had this turtleneck that I still, I wish I still have it. I still love the colors in it. It was like this rust color, black, of course, because I always loved black, this like golden color. And it was very seventies and this more uh, reddish color. And I loved this freaking shirt. I wanted to wear it every day with these jeans that were kind of tight and worn in with holes in the knees. And then those little canvas black shoes that are, you can find them in like Chinese markets um, or Asian markets. And they're just like the black canvas with the little strap. They were my favorite. That was my favorite outfit. I could have worn it every day. And I tried to wear it every day. And it was always this battle with my mom uh, because she was like, you can't wear the same thing every day. You can't wear those jeans with holes in them. And it was just, I wanted to express myself through clothes, through performing, through leading and directing. Those were very natural things to me. And I wanted to be a star, even though I wasn't quite clear on what that was. So my whole life, I went back and forth, not really back and forth with the, the fact that I wanted to be a star, but something happened when I was 13. And, you know, those clothing wars happened over and over again every year because I would look at fashion magazines and I would look at these older teenage girls and, you know, flash dance and Madonna. And I wanted to wear all that ripped up sexy stuff, but I was very young. My mom would be like, no, 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 no. Or my dad would really be like, no. And, you know, there was that battle of, I, I want to express myself. I want to express myself. And finally at 13, I was allowed to go for it and express myself. And I started to do that in school, in junior high. And it was like play. It was play every day or even, you know, after school, I was always playing dress up, always in my clothes. And I was like, this is who I want to be today. This is what I want to wear today. And some of the outfits were really crazy. And I was just having the time of my life. And as this went on, I started getting bullied. This girl who was, there were two grades in my school. I was in eighth grade and then there was ninth grade. And this girl and her friends would ridicule me every day, right? After a certain period, I forget which one, but I'd be walking down the hall and then they would come up from wherever they were coming from. And there, there was like the lead mean girl and then her friends backing her up and they would just tear me down for whatever I was wearing. And it happened. I actually don't remember how long it happened or how long I took it, could take it. 
And, but I know eventually I just stopped. I stopped. I remember it must have been towards the end of the year because I remember going away for the summer and then coming back the next year, not caring. And all of a sudden, I no longer wanted to express myself through clothes. And, and I would wear like sweatpants or whatever. And I was like, I didn't want to get dressed up. I didn't want to care. And not that I didn't care. I really did care. But it seemed like I didn't care because I didn't, the ridicule and humiliation was so painful. So what I started to do was style on my friends. And I always drew. Art was a very big part of my life too. So I would draw out the outfits that I wished that I could wear. And people would say, you should be a fashion designer. You should be a fashion designer. And I would say, I don't, I don't want to be a fashion designer. I'm just doing this for me. And I, I was young. I didn't know what that meant. But I knew that like, I just needed to do this. I needed to draw these outfits out, right? And um, while styling all my friends and me just not doing anything for myself. So I, I got through it. I moved on, graduated high school, and I knew I wanted to, um, or left high school. I actually didn't graduate. I quit. That's a whole different story. I moved on and went to New York, and I wanted to be a star, still not knowing what that meant. So I knew that I loved clothes. I didn't know if I wanted to sing or dance. I was taking all kinds of classes. I was 19 years old. I had saved up my money, and you know I had some roommates, and I could not see any path. There was no path. There was no star map. <laughs> there was no map to stardom. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was very young. New York is very expensive, but I was so drawn to it. And I just, you know, started doing odd jobs and, and different things to make money, make ends meet, and take some classes. My money was running out and I still wasn't a star. This is like, you know, six months into the process, still not haven't made it. And things are getting harder and harder and scarier and scarier. And, you know, how do I get these auditions? And if I did have an audition or a class, you know, when it came to singing, I felt so scared to do that. I would choke. Dancing was okay, but nothing felt clear. It was extreme pain, right? Overwhelm, frustration, sense of urgency, all of it there. Not triggers yet, not so much, but just that complete unknown, the complete lack of clarity, the complete lack of safety, right? And of course, I was not aware of all of this back then. I was very young, like I said, but it was all the same things. We're all there. And I had this one job where I would just do like reception stuff for this guy a couple times a week. And across the street was a, one of the fashion schools, FIT. And I would stare at those girls and they would look, you know, all fashiony with their coffees and their cigarettes standing outside. And I looked at them like, wow, they know exactly what they're going to do. They have a clear path in front of them. They're going to go to that school. FIT is a good school. They're going to go to that school. They're going to get a job in the fashion industry or be a designer and have their own business. And they have the clear steps. They know exactly how to get there. And that just was my fantasy at that point. It was getting so hard that I just couldn't maintain it anymore. So I started thinking about, you know, all the times that I was told, you should be a designer, you should be a designer, you should be a designer. And I was like, you know what? I know I'm good at that. There's no, no question. I don't have to be afraid that I know I can draw clothes. I know I can style people or whatever. 
even if I still, at that point, I was actually expressing myself through clothes, but I had confidence there. So it wasn't as unknown. I could see a clear path and I felt safe. Okay. I didn't know. Whereas when I would try to sing, my throat would close up and I, I didn't have the same confidence or dancing was, I was actually pretty confident as a dancer, but when I would try to sing, that was the worst. So I switched, I flip-flopped and I bit the bullet, left New York and went home to save money and, you know, work for the summer or whatever and go back to school, apply to school. Went to FIT, transferred to Parsons once I discovered what that was, which is another fashion school, which is like fashion boot camp. Okay. These schools. Yes. I, when I went, I was like, holy shit, I am really actually good. And my confidence started to soar. And then so did my need to be the best and perfectionism, perfectionism, perfectionism started to rear its ugly head. Right. So this started to come up and I was like, Oh, this is good. You know, at first it started out great, but then as I kept going all in through school, you know, the exhaustion of pushing myself, pushing myself, pushing myself, I would start to get burnt out. And by my fourth year, I was already, it was probably my first, my first experience with burnout, you know, but I took a break because I had to get back, you know, before I went into the industry after school, I could take a break. And I remember my mom going home, my mom thinking like, you know, wow, you, you look like shit. Like she would cry when I came home. I was all pale with with charcoal in my pinhole fingers from sewing so much and drawing so much and just pushing, pushing, pushing. And these habits were taking place, right? So I went into the industry and I was, I was very successful in the industry and I worked for, I did apparel for, if you don't know, I did apparel for a while for a DKNY spinoff brand and got really bored with that. Got really burnt out with that. My second, my second, uh, dance with burnout needed to take time off. So already I'm starting that all in all out pattern. You guys see right on this path that seems like it was going to be easy. Then I go back in the game because I would, I would go all out and then I'd be like, wait, I still have more. I want to express. And I'd go back in and got a job with banana Republic, which was actually my dream job. I really wanted to work for them since the beginning and it was at a time it was back in 2004 2005 2006 when <clears throat> that company was doing really well they paid really well there they were rebranding and they wanted a handbag line like a real handbag line and i was like oh my god i love bags it was so exciting to me so i took that job right so now i'm going back all in but something was happening where i was like this is the greatest job in the world. I remember for months I would go to work and I'd be like, I'm so happy. Like I love coming to work every day. This is amazing. And what was happening was this, this sliver that was about to end. I didn't know it was about to end, but this sliver of time where I felt that I had complete creative freedom. There was no, the, the bags that they did before me were completely different. It was a different thing. So they wanted something new. So I was given full reign to just let this inspiration come through, right? And let myself create this thing with, I had a a boss that I loved and it was just absolute bliss. But the problem was, was that it felt easy, right? So now I'm on this path and I'm taking the steps that I can see 
It's, it's supposed to feel easy. I have this sliver of ease that I'm experiencing and it feels uncomfortable. And I re remember being at work, like looking through magazines and feeling guilty. Like I shouldn't be looking through these magazines. Like I should be working. This doesn't feel like work, right? I'm drawing and I'm, you know, coloring and playing with fabric and leather and, you know, magazines and inspiration and shopping and doing all of these things that didn't feel like work, but were actually what I was being paid for, right? And I started to need to make it harder. So I started to complicate things. The perfectionism started to come back. All of these symptoms and patterns started to come back and my ease started to get smaller and smaller. And I kept pushing myself on this path that I could see, and it was like, okay, I'm gonna be designer, then fuck senior designer, I'm gonna skip right to director. I saw that director, like I just need to be the director, right? And there a bunch of stuff happened in between here, but eventually I became the design director for handbags at Kate Spade New York, which was a huge brand. Now at this time, by this time, this easy path that I chose, I had burned out again. So that's three times now. I had moved to North Carolina, worked for there for a little bit, which is another story, and um, still working for Banana Republic from another place, but I had burnt out and had to take a leave of absence. So as I'm walking this path that I thought was going to be so clear and easy, I'm burning out over and over again, and it's getting worse every time. So now I have to take a leave of absence. I'm out for months to try and get my energy back, to try, I had panic attacks starting to happen and mounting stress and my work habits were getting worse. They weren't getting better, but I'm still making a beeline for this easy path, climbing to the top, right? So now I get this, this offer to go back to New York, Kate Spade, dream job. This is the job I wanted, right? And now things will get easy. No, they got harder than ever. It was a huge handbag line. If it, I made it hard, right? Because I can't actually let things be easy because it didn't feel safe to me. So I'm making it hard on top of extreme amounts of work, extreme amounts or extremely tight deadlines and just extreme work habits and patterns. Not just me, you know, like attracts like. So I was in it with the other type A perfectionists, overachieving people. That was our badge of honor, right? That was like, we wore that like a badge of honor, right? So this path that was supposed to be easy and clear because I couldn't see the path to what I really wanted to do turned out almost killing me. You know, I had mounting stress coming in from the outside. My sister, who was younger than me, her health was going down the tubes and it was just crisis after crisis with her like heart attacks, blindness, all kinds of crazy things that I, it was like traumatizing. I can't even remember all of it. Um, plus the extreme pressure and stress that I was creating for myself in work. And finally I bit the bullet and left and I was cracking. And that's when I went all out. Like I was talking about a little bit before, you know, where I was just so sensitive, so emotional, adrenal fatigue, hypothyroidism, all kinds of stuff going on with my body, all of the symptoms that go with that. And just really suffering physically now and emotionally. And again, it's like, okay, that was supposed to be so easy. Why, why did I, 
was I able to create all of that success, all of that money, and it just got worse. It just got harder. It just got, it, even though I could see those steps in front of me, what was happening was I wasn't in alignment. I was out of integrity. I was going with what I thought I could do, what I knew that I was good at, instead of going with the mystery and the magic of what my heart really wanted to do, okay? So fast forward a little bit, take a year off, and now it's about 2013. I didn't totally take the year off. I was like getting into this online world, had gone to IIN, you know, getting into nutrition because of my health. And I knew that I wanted to start a business online. And again, was I was thinking health coaching because I was so into nutrition. So put all of my effort into this, created a brand, you know, branding that I loved, built a list, getting ready for my website launch, had clients, and I dreaded every single one of them. I if the conversation turned to following your dreams and talking about the law of attraction and mindset, I loved it. If it didn't go that way, I felt like I was just transferring information, just giving them information and there was no soul in it. There was no heart in it. And I didn't totally realize this at the time, but as I was having the conversations about the law of attraction and the mindset and all of that, when I lit up and I loved that and teaching people that, it was a very different feeling. And I started finding myself again at that same fork in the road. It, I was like, holy shit, I'm repeating that same pattern from when I was 19, where, yeah, I really want to do this, but I can't see how to do it. I can't see the path to that. I can see the path to fashion quite clear, clearly, and I believe in myself as far as that goes, right? which one do I choose? So it was like the health coaching. I knew that I could make money with that. So easy, right? Everyone wants to lose weight or be healthy or feel better. So easy. I knew that I knew my shit. You know, I had my own struggles and had researched and learned so much over the years. I knew my shit. That wasn't the point. I was confident in it. Again, just like I was in fashion. I was confident in that. I knew it would make money. I could see what that would look like. I could follow the business blueprint put out the content, create a funnel, yada, 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 and know that that would be that. But then on the other hand, I had that voice inside of me that was like, talk about the law of attraction, talk about the law of attraction. And that was when I felt the most joy. That was when I felt lit up and passionate and, and just wanted to show people what was possible and what they were capable of. And when I thought about doing that, I was like, I have no idea how I would make money for that. Do I coach? Do I, I didn't even know. Do I create a course? Easy peasy LOA was not born yet. Um, nothing. I had nothing but talk about the law of attraction. That's what I was going on. So I flip-flopped, tortured myself, talk about overwhelm, chronic overwhelm, flip-flopped for a very long time on whether or not to scrap everything that I was creating and had created for it was called what the fuck should I eat? WTF should I eat.com? What if I should just scrap all of that, which was a lot of money, a lot of time and a lot of angst for trust this one little voice inside of me. And because I looked back and remembered how painful that easy path was that I could see going, you know, I didn't know why yet, but going through the motions, taking the fashion design path, how painful that was because it was out of alignment. 
I knew I could not live with myself again if I didn't take the leap into the unknown, okay? So I did it. I finally, I scrapped it all. I wrote one blog post for the nutrition stuff. It was so painful. It took me weeks to write, scrapped it all, never did it again. And then, and then it was like, okay, I feel like I want to say this about the law of attraction. So I wrote a blog post. People liked it. I wrote another one. I was, what I was doing, I didn't know at the time again, but what I was doing was following my inspiration and I was letting myself be guided. My intention had been, because I went through so much, all I wanted to do was, my intention was, I want to wake up when I want to wake up. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. That was it. I wanted to be the most fully expressed version of myself. That was it. I could see all of my patterns as I looked back in all areas of my life, and they were all about me not expressing myself, feeling trapped, feeling exhausted, feeling you know like I wasn't living my life for me. And, and that became much more apparent as I started doing this work, but I couldn't even see it then. And I just couldn't do that anymore. So I bit the bullet and faced that fear and started creating that way. Now, what happened is eventually I had the idea as I did this and let myself be guided, other new ideas came in that I've never dreamed of. So I had the idea. I started coaching on things around, you know, getting clarity and, and what you really want to do. Same thing now, just at a different, much different level. Um, and then I started talking about manifesting and realized that actually when I was manifesting, there were six keys that were in line. And that's how my easy peasy LOA program was born. I started to look back at what I did and you know when it worked out for me when it didn't work out what was going on <clears throat> what worked what didn't work and realized that I actually had a system so as I realized that I was like oh this could be a program but I still wasn't clear super clear on what that was going to look like and yes all of my patterns were still popping up right so the way that I'm telling it right now it seems like it was smooth sailing because if I look back and got out of my own way, it would have been smooth sailing. And that's how I work now, primarily, right? But what was also happening were all of my old work patterns were popping up. So the perfectionism, the having to have it all right, having to be right, the having to, um, you know, make it hard, sitting at my computer all day, trying to create in my computer when that's not really how we create and not trusting what wanted to come through. So there was a shit ton of resistance that I'm going through, right? That's how I, I got to this place and how I learned to move through it was by going through it, the resistance, the overwhelm, the frustration, the urgency, the triggers, all of that, right, was all starting to come up. And as I dealt with it, my things were being created. And if I had stepped out of my own way, like what I was just talking about, right, or dealt with my shit instead of trying to resist it, that path becomes flow. It's the play state. It's how you were designed, right? It's how we're designed to move through the world. So actually inside my tea here, you can't see it because it fell in, but there's a tea bag with a quote, the Lao Tzu quote that says, nothing in nature hurries, yet everything is accomplished. And that is actually a real state. I know it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe that you can actually accomplish great things without feeling that effort, that force, 
that doing. You can do without doing. You can act via non-action, and that is through your inspiration. And that's what I would flip back and forth with, right? So when I would be in alignment, there would be the inspiration, and sometimes I would act, sometimes the resistant and the fears would pop up. And that's how, and then, then I started, you know, that's how I created the tools in my easy money program to move through that stuff was me going through that myself. Okay. So what started to unfold was first my easy peasy LOA program. It did not look like a program. It looked like me throwing up a couple of webinars, live webinars that I sold to the list that I had and this group that I was in. And I was like, hey, I'm going to talk about the law of attraction. I didn't even know if it was six steps. I thought so, wasn't sure or whatever. And I just threw these up. I remember like they were live, didn't know what I was going to do with them. But that was the inspiration. It did not look pretty. But I had people sign up and I loved and cherished those people for signing up. Tina, were you there? The very first time? No, I don't think you were. You weren't there. You, I remember when you signed up. But I, I loved the, you know, I was so grateful for the people that showed up. It wasn't a lot. I think it was like five or six people. And I taught my face off. And in doing so, even though I made it really hard for myself to do, like now I would have just trusted myself and shown up. At the time, I didn't. So I felt like I had to, you know, have everything perfect and ready or whatever. But which caused me a lot of a lot of strife that wasn't necessary. But through just doing it and getting it out, even though it wasn't finished, that led me to the next step. And that's what so many of us do. We stop. We don't want to follow that inspiration because it's not done. It's not perfect. It's not, you know, what we think it should be, right? And then it stops us in our tracks and we're paralyzed. But the way to figure things out is to stay in that flow, right? So I had to keep doing that and I had to keep allowing myself to do that. And, and that's what um, started where my other pro programs or products started to unfold. So first it was Easy Peasy All Away. And then I had the first, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The first workshop that I did then led to like a proper course with slides or whatever. Did that a couple of times. Then I realized, okay, I want to tweak some things. Tweaked it and redid it again. Did that a couple of times, right? And now it is what it is. And that, I thought, oh, I'm done. Okay, no. Now, after I did that, it was the guidance I was getting was go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And that's what was happening with me personally. So I started going deeper. And as I just followed my inspiration, whether it was to put something out or to look within myself, or whatever that inspiration was, things were unfolding. The right clients were coming in at the right time. The right content was getting created at the right time. Even though I was so in my way with the, with the sense of urgency and feeling like, I got to get this done. I got to create content like everyone else. It has to be consistent. Da, da, da. All of those things that I would tell myself were just not true. If I just got out of the way, everything was happening in divine timing. Looking back, I can see that. And I'm sure you can see that too if you look back on your life, right? Things actually worked out perfectly, even if it didn't feel like it when you were in it. So I just kept going. And before I knew it, I had my Magic Carpet Ride product was born. And then that turned into easy money. I had been coaching people, right? And I had a, a, several different coaching programs. What was happening as I was coaching these people and as I had been doing the work on myself was as I healed myself, my work was getting more and more focused and more and more involved. 
and eventually became my Easy Money program, which then led to my Speak Easy program, which is on the back of that. So everything that I created, I never sat down and said, I want to create a program about this. I want to have these three programs that all fit together in this weird way that I never could have imagined. When it was time for me to have a membership site with funnels, a person came in and said, hey, I do membership sites and funnels. I never looked for her. I never had to figure it all out myself. All I had to do was keep trusting in the moment and follow that inspiration. I didn't always do that, like I said, but that's really all you have to do is follow that inspiration, that excitement, what brings you joy, those nudges that don't make sense. That is literally all you have to do. And when you are doing that, you feel ease. You are in alignment. You feel joy. And you are valuing who you are. That's, this is who I came here to be. Whenever I am following my excitement, your joy and your excitement is you. Okay? And this is what I want to talk about more in my free class. You can go to easymoney.com. If you guys aren't signed up, definitely sign up because I'm going to go more into this and all of the stuff that we talked about, the emotions today and how I got there, how I let myself let it be easy, pretty much. Because along the way, like I said, I kept trying to make things hard. And we do that naturally as humans. We want to make it complicated. <laughs> we don't want to make it complicated, but we do make it complicated. And it was very much about me learning how to trust myself, to trust the universe, to get out of my fucking way, and to let things be easy. And the more that I did it, the better it got. Okay? Does that make sense? Oh, I love that magic carpet ride exercise. Thank you, Vanessa. I'm glad. Second time. Was there for the first easy money? Yes, you were. Beta easy money, Tina. You were actually there in the groups before easy money. You worked in the same building in 1995. Oh my God, that's crazy. I see no path now. The illusion of safety is what colleges are banking on. That's so true, Laura. Safety is an illusion. Um, and I remember in some of my readings, my guides would say, There's, you're looking for a safe spot. There's no safe spot. The safety comes from knowing that you can handle it and that your back is had. That's where your safety is coming from, when you can really stand in your own power. It comes from the inside. Um, any more in the UK we call them dolly shoes yeah I, I we used to call them something too I forget what Chinese slippers those memories are so magical so adorable um, yeah I loved those I had them again when I lived in New York I used to get them they were always my favorite I recently let go of a weekly mastermind I was part of because it was so draining for me. Good for you. I dreaded it every week because it was just sitting for two hours listening to everything that was going wrong in their lives. There was no action being taken. It seemed like it was more of a great group and I couldn't do it anymore. Yes, that is extremely draining. Don't you feel better letting it go? <clears throat> okay. Um, I hope anonymous that that answered your question about if you can see the path, it's not yours because it's, we can only create our paths and we look to these people out there. We look and think, 
oh, I want, you know, they have all of this stuff or they're, it could be they're happy or they're successful or they have money or they're doing these things. Let me do what they do so I can have what they have. But that's not the, the right way to look at it. It's a way to look at it, but it's an exhausting way to look at it. What we need to be doing is looking at who they are being. So instead of trying to figure out and follow everything that someone else did, what worked for them, it's about who are they being? How did they let that unfold for them? Gary V, I'm sure you guys all know who Gary V is on this call. Gary V is one of my favorites. And it's funny, in the beginning, I always liked him, but in the beginning I was like, oh my God, this guy just has so many limiting beliefs. He believes in hard work, blah, 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 blah. Um, I just, you know, I felt like we were the opposite. But over the years, as I've seen him grow too, he's actually teaching the same things that I'm teaching. But people, but I feel like a lot of people don't see that. I know my clients would be like, you like Gary Vee? Like they wouldn't understand that what he's actually doing is playing. And what he's talking about is he doesn't do things that he doesn't want to do. He's on his path. So he's a great example. If you're thinking about like, oh, you know, people online, they have a big following or they seem really successful. It's not about doing what Gary V is doing. It's about being who he is being. He is someone who is in integrity. He is someone who follows his passion, who follows his excitement and joy and is okay to let go and okay to make mistakes or get it wrong and okay to just you know, let the, the divine chips fall where they may. Like, and that's what he's been doing this whole time is I've watched him for years. Um, and I'm sure, you know, many of you have too. The hustle, yeah. But the hustle is very different. I used to be like anti-hustle, but I'm actually not anti-hustle. I can be very hustly, right? When I'm passionate about something, right? When I'm in it, I'm like, oh my God, yes, let's do this. It's excitement. Hustle can be excitement. If you are on that path that you think is easy, but really it's not easy, it's only easy because you can see it, but it's not aligned with who you want, the hustle is fucking painful. It's painful. It will kill you. That's what I was doing. I was hustling my way through fashion, and it was not who I was, and it was painful. So it made me hate the hustle. But really, I can hustle with the best of them when I'm excited about something. It's really about letting yourself do what you really want to do. Inspired hustle, feel good hustle. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have felt the difference too when you feel like when you're hustling out of fear or because you have a deadline, which it's all out of fear, right? Or hustling because you have to do something or because you think you should do something, you're trying to force yourself to hustle, right? You're gearing up to go into all in mode. That's very different then if you have been inspired about something and you're excited about something and you want to, you know, you're getting ready for something because you just can't wait and then you're in hustle mode and things are moving and you're energized. Big, big difference. Okay. Do you guys have any questions? I don't even know. I never realized how often I was forcing things until I started this program. I'm so glad you said that, Vanessa. The same was true for me. It was uh, so many of us when, when that's, it was my identity. 
So it was just my way of life. And as I started to move into the unknown path that I can't see, I was like, I don't want to live life this way. I'm not a procrastinator anymore. I'm not a perfectionist anymore. I used to be those things. They were part of who I was. And I had to, you know, let that part of me go in order to let those behaviors go, you know, thinking that I needed to prove myself in certain ways instead of just knowing inherently that really like trusting ourselves, right? Loving ourselves and coming back to that self-trust and trusting you, I would, I didn't want to live that way. I didn't want to live a life of being a creative person who was a procrastinator or a perfectionist and couldn't get, it was just another way I couldn't express myself, another way that made me feel trapped. Yep. All right. Last chance for questions. I'm doing step one of your easy peasy LOA today. I ended up discovering the idea of being disconnected. It was a huge aha. Yep. It's a big one, Tina. That's funny. I remember when you first joined, Tina. And you, I because you emailed me about step one, I think. I remember that. Good times. <laughs> Just keeping, okay, <clears throat> question from Laura. Does keeping a job you love but hate the company weigh on your creative ability? Like, do I need to prove I have faith by quitting? Okay. Awesome question. What's really awesome about it is the way that you set it. And here's the thing. No one needs to prove anything. So if you're doing something to prove something, you're, you're not in alignment. Because proving happens when we're in duality, right? I need to prove that I can trust. I need to prove that I'm worthy. I need to prove that I'm good enough or whatever it is, right? Proving is, comes from the ego. So if you're in alignment, you have no need to prove. When you're, you've all been in alignment. So Laura, think of a time when you're in alignment. You're fearless. You don't, you have faith. You're in flow, right? So if you have a job that you love and you hate the company, only you can tell is that it probably depends too on like what you hate about the company, what you're making things mean. Are you letting it weigh on your creative ability? Because it's all within our control. So if you want to give me an example, Laura, I might be able to help you a little bit better. I'm so on the fence. Awesome. The energy on this decision is very mixed energy. They treated me very badly. Okay. So now that to me is going but I need the cash. So that to me would weigh on me. So are you, you know, there, are you, what does your intuition tell you? Even if you're not following it, what's your gut tell you? Cause they treated me badly, but I need the cash is not intuition. That's coming from your head. That's weighing things out. So your intuition is telling you to leave. So to me, what I would do if I was in that situation and I really loved it, 
you have to do what's right for you. But if I really loved it, I would first attempt to figure out like why they're treating me badly. Like, is that something that is within your power to fix? If it's just who they are and you know, you've attracted them because we're always attracting things that are reflecting how we feel about ourselves. So if, if you find yourself in a pattern where you're always working for people who aren't treating you right, or you always feel the same way in whatever that is, maybe they, the people are different, but you always feel the same way. There's a pattern going on there. So leaving isn't necessarily going to fix the pattern, even though it still might be the right thing to do. You want to get clear on what that pattern was. And that's kind of what happened to me. And that kind of, it's exactly what happened to me and, and what I've created is that I noticed those patterns running through all areas of my life. And I knew that I needed to take a break and step away from everything, relationships. I didn't step away from money and, and my business, but um, I needed to step back, I guess is a better word, from everything and handle these patterns before I tried to run to something else or start something else. Ooh, I knew that, I, that the problem was the pattern that kept happening over and over again and how I felt. So I had to go in and do this work to help me, you know, get over those patterns so I could attract new things. Um, oh, yes, a pattern being treated value. Yep, there you go. Not getting my needs met. Thank you, Amen. <laughs> yep, there you go. Okay, Tina, what if you are truly unable to make a decision? Then what? Just walk away until you can, but then if it is now... Wait, then if it is now, hold on a second, it's flying by me. But then if it is now years and you've still not made the decision, then what? Feeling paralyzed in knowing what the next step is. How long do you avoid doing anything at all? Okay, awesome question, Tina. So let me just read it again because I read it all, all fucked up. So what if, really the question is, what if you truly are unable to make a decision? So you are not truly unable to make a decision. Number one, um, you are always making a decision. So even not making a decision is making a decision. Okay. And this is what gets a lot of us into trouble is because then our life starts to feel really unclear because the decision, as you guys know from easy, easy, all the decision is what starts to create the clarity for the next step. If you don't make a decision, you're always going to feel like you're in limbo because you're in limbo in your mind. So that's reflecting that back to you. So it's always gonna feel muddled, unclear, unsure. If you make a decision and just say, um, you, you always know what you wanna do if you're being true to yourself. And that's why I feel like if you are in alignment and you make the decision from alignment, it's very different than when we're falling out of alignment and we're getting more in your head. The further away from alignment you are, guys, the more in your head you are. The more you start weighing out the pros and cons instead of when you're in alignment, you're acting. You're like, do this, do that, do this, do that, do that. You're like in flow. You're part of the universe. You are all one right? That's very fast decision making. You're not thinking about it. You're not ruminating. So I would get myself into a place of alignment first and then make the decision, then see what comes up for me and know that that's the truest decision for you. If you're still not making it, then there, there's fear out there. We don't commit because 
there is fear. And that's what I'm going to go into in my class, much deeper into that fear. Um, Tina, you're familiar with it, though. But if you're afraid of being wrong or, you know, and why you're afraid of being wrong, just like I was talking about before, you might not make that decision. Uh, but you're always in control of making that decision. And the decision is easier when you are in alignment because fear goes away when we are in alignment. Fear gets stronger when we drop out of alignment, right? More in our heads, the ego takes over. He's running the show. When we're in alignment, the ego is, we don't even hear him. There's no fear. And now we can just really stay true to our impulses and our, what excites us and what brings us joy. Because not making the decision is what is what is making you feel paralyzed. Because it's like when we stop, the life never stops. It's always changing. It's always moving forward, and that's what makes us feel like we're missing something, right? Because we stop, or we think we stop, and then we start to feel stuck and paralyzed, and that's because we haven't chosen the next step. So. If you want to get out of feeling paralyzed, you have to choose the next step. And you can do that by following what is, I still think you should get, if you follow what is most exciting to you in the moment, what feels the best to you in the moment, joy-wise, like following your joy or what you feel pulled to do, even if it doesn't make sense, you will eventually be in alignment right? Or you're, you're getting, you're putting yourself back into alignment, even if it doesn't feel ecstatic yet, you're on your way there, right? That's one path, excitement, versus if you're making a decision out of fear, you know, or there's guilt involved or shame, that's another path. That's another stepping stone. So I think I still would make, I still try to make my decisions from a place of alignment because it's a very different perspective. And it's the truest, most broad perspective that you're going to have, if that makes sense. Question. If you consciously choose not to react to your triggers, but to let them go, are you still behaving in a way that is in integrity? Or is it better to get to a point where you don't even recognize them as a trigger at all? If you, letting a trigger go is not avoiding or ignoring or escaping a trigger. That's not letting it go. And that's what so many people think is letting go. That is not letting it go. When someone does something to piss you off or some, someone does something wrong, um, letting go is forgiveness. True forgiveness <clears throat> is going inside, is taking back that controls, responding to your emotion, is feeling the emotion. The emotion is meant to be felt. So we can't let go of something we won't allow. Basically, you stay in resistance to it. If you fully process it, right, then, then that, you're letting it go. And as you do that, your triggers start to fade. So if you're still triggered, there's still stuff in you, if that makes sense. Stuff meaning that hasn't been dealt with. So to be in integrity, you're, you're being true to what is for you. That's going inside into the, into the emotion. Uh, awesome, very useful, better do some forgiving too. Yeah, Debs, in Easy Peasy, this is Debs, who I think it is, but in, I think in Easy Peasy LOA, there is a forgiveness exercise in there. 
Um, Tina, a decision that helps you move forward. A decision that helps you move forward. Yes, definitely in limbo. Okay, got it. Get into alignment and address fear. Um, yes. Need to address what prevents me from following my joy and what caused me to get into my head, which is which in return prevents me from following excitement. Looks like some judgments need to be exposed. You got it, Tina. It will trigger you again eventually if it really needs addressing, right? Oh, hell yeah, Laura. <laughs> what happens is, is they get stronger. So it's, it's like you're resisting your shadow self, right? The term coined by Carl Jung. So what you resist persists. And... <clears throat> That's what happened to me. It was, it just got worse. It got worse. It got worse. And then it's like everything is triggering you and everyone is triggering you. And you just want to punch everyone in the face until you deal with that. And we see that there's an awesome movie that you guys might like called, I think it's called The Shadow Effect. It's kind of old. It's not super old, but um, like, you know, like 1950s or something. It's, it's just older because... It was with Debbie Ford. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find it for you. How is it? I want to make sure I give you the right name. Hang on one second. Okay, yeah. If you type in... The Shadow Effect by Debbie Ford. It will come up. It's Debbie Ford, um, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson. There might be some other people in there. Um, Lately, I'm furious. I love it. I can't deny my triggers. I've seen that. Yeah, it's a it's a really good movie. If you're new to the term the shadow, or or and you might have triggers, but if you if you're um, you've never really heard that term before, it's an excellent movie that explains what's going on and how you see that in the world. You know, if you look for extreme cases of it, like I can't think of an example off the top of my head, a specific one, but you know, like some kind of very far right conservative who's so anti everything and homophobic. And then he's caught with a gay lover, you know, like the shadow will always come out. What we try to repress and resist will always persist. So it doesn't have to be that extreme. Um, I used to be afraid of the word shadow. I'm a shadow queen. <laughs> now shadow means it's something I don't accept in myself. So I put it in the shadow. It means light. Exactly. That's all it is. Because your shadow isn't all the bad stuff either. A lot of times what's in our shadow is what's the good stuff, your potential. That's too scary to shine. Sometimes that's harder to allow than the bad stuff, right? Because we allow the bad stuff, like you see this online a lot now. You know, everyone wants to be real and authentic and we share our stories of shame and shame as painful as it is, is one of, you know, it's things that we have shame about are usually our greatest connectors to other people, right? It's our human, our humanity. It connects us to other people. But then we have our godliness, right? Our gifts, our talents, the things that make us amazing and awesome. And often it's easier for us in our society to 
work through the shame and, and share the things that are human about us because people are like, yeah, and they cheer us on and me too. And, you know, we're all connected. We're all in this together. But then when you step out and you share your godliness, it feels very scary that you might be shot down, you know, not literally or hopefully not literally, but knocked down. Like when I was bullied and that girl, you know, that was me expressing who I am thinking I am amazing not better than other people amazing, but showing your specialness, your uniqueness, your godlikeness, right? And then having someone else knock you down because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, Where am I in the comments? Okay. I used to be afraid of the Lord's shadow. It's not that it's bad. That we haven't made peace with it. Yes. Need more people to express their godliness. Yes. Would heal so many. Yep. You triggered the bullies. Exactly. Bullies, bullies and the bullied are two people that feel powerless. I'm going to explain this in the class. I don't want, this is a big discussion. I'm going to get into it in the free class. So make sure you're signed up because this is something new that I added to explain how power actually works. Um, Because we're all dealing with the same thing. All right. Does anyone have any more questions? Because I'm starting to lose my voice. <laughs> um, where do we sign up? Yes, easymoney.com. If you're you're gonna get um, what's the word I'm looking for? It. I know you're you're on like my list, Laura, and you'll you'll see this stuff. So. But there it is, easymoney.com. You can sign up there. And it says coming soon right now, but it's happening either, I don't know when I feel like it's happening, either in a couple days or next week. So it's happening soon. Um, I always lose my voice when I teach. I do too after a while. Oh, I know it's because I can keep going. I need to stop. This has been so helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Tina, for coming always. You must be exhausted. No. I'm not, Debs, actually quite the opposite. And I want to point that out because if I was doing something that was out of alignment, I would be exhausted. I would never have been able to go this long. But when I'm in flow, time and space means absolutely nothing. And I feel energized when I get off. I actually could keep going, but I know that my voice is fading. And that's like my signal, like, okay, wrap it up, you know? So I just want to make that super clear to you guys. When you're doing something you love, and this brings me back to Gary Vee too, like people are always giving him shit because he, it's like, you know, he's always going, going, going. And I'm not saying you have to always go, go, go. But when something feels so good and you are in that flow state, that play state, just like when you were a kid, it doesn't exhaust you. It energizes you. Or, you know, you just, it doesn't drain you. You never feel drained by it. It's, um, it's how you're designed to move through. Okay. I feel energized listening to this. That makes me very happy. You are so inspiring. I love you. I love you too, Vanessa. (laughs) Thank you guys. Wonderful. I love your teaching and your wisdom. Oh, you guys, thank you so much. That means the world to me. It's like you aren't there and it moves through you almost. Exactly. Like, I don't know what I said today. I know what we were talking about. I know the topics, but I have no idea. It's just coming through. You're, you're all channels. We all have that ability. 
That's what true creativity is. It doesn't come from the mind. It comes through you. Okay. You guys have been awesome. I had so much fun as always. Um, Tina, you asked, I think it was Tina. Someone asked if there would be a replay. So Tina, do you mean a replay of this or a replay of, there's going to be replays of both. So if you can't come to Easy Money, there's, there will be a replay of that. And um, this, what I want to do with this is actually break this down into smaller videos and share them over the next few days. So um, yes, there's going to be a replay to answer your question in a much easier way. Cool. Okay. All right, guys, I'm signing off. Thank you again so much. I will talk to you soon. And that's all. I'll see you soon. You're so welcome. Love you too. Bye.